0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Headlines seize our attention, especially when they're about a crime, but there's more to these stories than just their headlines. I'm Carrie Ippema. and I'm Quinlan Posner. Every week, we'll bring you a real crime that made the headlines. One you may have heard of before, or one you may have never imagined possible. But we'll take you beyond what you see on the front page. We'll follow the story as it happens in real time and use hindsight to pull apart fact from fiction. From Lifetime comes a brand new weekly podcast Crime of a Lifetime. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere.
1: Acast.com Peacock streaming the biggest live events from Super Bowl 56 to complete coverage of the Winter Olympics. It's all the unbelievable sports to love. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com
0: You are live. Are we live on the old Twitch stream?
1: Oh, we are live. Yeah, we up and running, are we? Can
0: Can I hear you? Me? Yeah, I can hear you, right? Yeah, yeah, we're good. All right. Um. So should we share the link and get more than? One person shooting in. Oh yeah, there we are. We we're, we're up. Right, we're up. Right. Yeah, we're, Do you
1: want to... yeah, yeah, we're good. Yeah, we are on there. <laughs> right, so this is it. We are into it. Um You got your jingle still, Pete? That you want to start with? I don't know. I forgot about that. I should have. I should have done that. I can. I'll add that in after. I'll add yeah. That in no, after. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, maybe
0: that's... I. Maybe I should actually share out a link though because. I don't think anybody's in here yet. Um Twitch. This is so modern. I feel so I feel so young.
1: You know, at the end of the day, we're dipping our toes in and the water is lukewarm, but yeah. you know, we can live with that. We're just we're ready for a big A big swimming sesh, but, you know, at the moment, we've just dampened those big toes of ours. So, you know, ready to roll like a coiled spring. Yes. All right, let's – I'm just posting a link.
0: Okay, it is – it's up. All right, we've got some views. People are watching it. We are live. Um, let's just introduce ourselves to the audience
1: if they don't know. I'm uh, I'm Pedro. And I am Johnny C. Um, yeah, familiar voices at least now. But this is what we look like. So the visual medium is, is now there for you to see, guys. We're real people. Um, and here I am with the king in the background. So, you know, like... We live it. We breathe it, don't we, Pete? <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that, that hasn't just been put up. It's been and, there a while. It's, it's,
0: it's been there the whole three weeks. <laughs> I don't have any Arsenal memorabilia uh, anywhere, um, but I've got the ability to zoom in on the cameras like that. Look at that. Magic. Uh, right. Okay. So let's uh, let's start the live record of the podcast in three, two, one. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. This time around, it's a little bit special because we're doing this live
1: on Twitch. Johnny, explain to the people what Twitch is. Um, Twitch is, I mean, some people are thinking someone's having a kind of fit in the corner. No, people get with, get with the times. Twitch is a new media platform where you can stream yourself live streaming. Um, so we were kind of thinking, do you know what? There are people that like to listen to our voices, but don't we look damn good doing it? you know, we've got to give the people some visuals as well. So we thought we'll take it to the online streaming community so people can watch and get in. We're obviously all about trying to build that community as well because lots of you guys have really interesting points to come out with and share on Arsenal and around our discussion. So why not join us on Twitch if you haven't this week and you're listening on the podcast right now. Join us in a new generation, a new era.
0: Yeah, someone called us a pogger yesterday, and apparently that's something good to do with Twitch. So hopefully we live <laughs> up. Hopefully we live up to the expectations. Uh, we've got a packed show today. This is uh, an Arsenal opinion transfer special. Uh, Johnny is a recovering, not a recovering addict. You're just a full-on addict like I am. We love the we love the transfer rumours. There's loads to um, there's loads to get through today, uh, and I've got an amazing Chiron that's going to switch over. Uh, first subject is a touchy one that we're going to jump in on. Emil Smith Rowe, uh, Aston Villa apparently revving up um, a third bid um, for the twenty-year-old uh, Johnny. What's going on here?
1: Look, I mean, <clears throat> what what are, what are we talking about now? Because it's starting to get a little bit. Um, it's obnoxious, isn't it, for Aston Villa? It's obnoxious. they throwing their measly weight around, but you know, as a club, you can't stop another club bidding for your players. Like Barcelona, I mean, we might get onto them in a bit anyway for other reasons, but Barcelona couldn't stop Norwich City coming in with a £10 million big for Messi. They can't stop that happening. But in general, you'd like to think the law of logic and the the laws around big clubs and, and smaller clubs and people knowing their pecking order would stop this kind of thing happening. But, you know... If you want to look at it the other way, is this a sign of things to come? Are we now fair game for the the mid the middle pack now? The chasing the chasing pack behind us in previous years are now feeling like they might have caught up with us. They're on our coat and a club like Aston Villa, who are clearly showing ambition and and are more than look more than capable in this uh, Premier League, are in a situation now where they think they can come and rough us up and take one of our best players. This is not a fringe player. We've got many of them. Who you're welcome to if you want Villa. But um Emile Smith-Rowe has to be considered integral to any um, kind of successful look into the future for Arsenal. I think most fans would love, you, would realistically look at Smith-Rowe and think he's going to be there in the next five years. And hopefully we get to dream about what kind of player he's grown into. So obviously it's just disconcerting when you see this happening, even if it goes nowhere. But obviously, like you have mentioned Last week, Pete, this might be something to do with players angling for a little bit of money when it comes to contracts, negotiations, because he has come out. I've seen said that, or, or, or it's been reported that he's blown away by the interest from Aston Villa, which is not really what I want to hear, to be honest. I'd like him to say, um, I'm quite fucked off with the interest, to be honest, because I'm better than them. That would be a better way of handling it, Emil. But I get what you're doing, mate.
0: Yeah, I, the. It's absurd on every single level because this is uh, this is a Londoner. Uh, This is a a kid who's got family ties—not family, literal family ties—but he's you know I think his dad is friends with Ian Wright. He's getting minutes. He's about to play in a in a massive stadium. He's got that London prestige. But third bid sounds like there's some sort of encouragement coming from somewhere, and the and the I don't know where the story came from precisely, but there's a few stories rumbling. They're saying Arsenal. Have a price where they would sell, and I don't like that. I don't like that. And if if there is, I don't think there is anything worse than losing a young player after after one season. I can't remember the last time Arsenal lost a really great young player so soon. It must have been Nicholas Anelka when uh, when he upped and left for Madrid. But he gave us he gave us more than half a season. And what I can't work out is what can Aston Villa offer. The Arsenal can't. We finished higher than higher than them in the in the table marginally, but I'm I'm sure that will be higher next season. Um, I can't imagine that Villa can offer more money for him. They certainly can't offer more minutes. The problem at Arsenal was we were giving him too many minutes, <laughs> um, and they're not going to be able to offer him a better lifestyle. Like I've, I've I've worked in and around Birmingham in the past. It's 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 lovely in areas, but it, it's no London doesn't come with that that vibe like who do you want to tell people you play for the Arsenal or Aston Villa uh, it would be the most absurd move ever but I tell you what like there aren't many things that make me think about rioting there aren't many <laughs> things that make me think about jumping on a plane and going back to Arsenal to cause problems outside the stadium but I tell you what I would I would I would get a banner I would, I would fly something over the stadium. I'd be absolutely fuming. And I, I genuinely think that would be an incredibly dangerous move for Arteta to sell a crown jewel. Because uh, football, play, football fans and, and young players is, is a thing. We love them. And, and to lose someone to a, sub, a, a substandard club, I think that
1: would be it's a disgusting thought. I mean, there's, <laughs> it, it's, it's sad that we're even having to countenance the idea of course, we can't be selling Smith Rowe. I mean, the facts of the matter are, again, like you said, he's what is integral to our future plans. Any any successful future, you would think, unless there is some dramatic turn of you, you know circumstance, is going to involve a Smith Rowe quite as a centrepiece of what a new Arsenal would look like. And of course, the prestige of the club should supersede Aston Villa's draw. I mean. The fact is, the uh, the only thing I can see is that um, you know the way that a Jack Grealish has come through and the style of play uh, under well, Dean Smith's gotten playing well and he's got some a really good crop of exciting talent. But you'd like to think with the likes of Saka, who is showing himself to be, you know, for me on the cusp of turning himself into a world class talent, he's doing things on the international stage and looking like the best player on the pitch at, at regular intervals now. So really exciting i don't i don't think emile smith-rose going to go to villa and play with dramatically improved players we've got a, a more substantive substantive squad i should say easy for me to say um and so why why would he want to leave on that front when you talk about what it would mean for arteta and and we're going to go a bit further into what the transfer incomings and outgoings are doing for any Arteta morale right now. We'll go further into that the more we look at some of the other transfers. But if he was to sell a Mill Smith Rowe, unless it was Jack Grealish coming the other way and a nominal fee going with Smith Rowe, it, it would be case closed. It would be first day of the season, I don't really want to see this game play out anymore. I don't I, I think everyone knows the guy's lost control because any any trust that even the most ardent Arteta fans must start to be waning a little bit when... Because as far as I'm concerned, anyone who still believes in him, and I I don't actually, I've got to hold my hands up there, um, I think any trust that they have would have to be conditional at this stage based off of last season's performance. It would have to be, you know, we had a really tough time, we had a bad one before Christmas, but after Christmas we... You know, if you take it in that juncture, which I'm opposed to doing, but still if you do, it looks like a a healthy, you know, turnaround as it were. But even those people who point to that must also say that we needed a good summer. We need a good summer to come out of it with any real optimism because just a couple of players coming ins and outs and losing potentially a best player here and some of the other outgoings, no one could be looking at next season with any relish if that was to be the case. We desperately need to be upgrading our squad, and we need to minimise um, our outgoings when it comes to quality players leaving the club. We we can't afford to lose any of them because we haven't got enough of the quality players in the first place.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. And it, outside of that, it's a it's a it's a weak move. Summer is about perception in the eyes of the fans. Aston Villa taking out one of our best young players is uh, it gives off a bad perception it will make things uncomfortable for Arteta in the stadium and it'll make us lose faith even further uh in Edu if that's if that's even possible so I'm hoping that this is just uh Smith Rowe trying to ramp up that contract and why wouldn't you if you could go from a 70 grand a week offer to a 90 grand a week offer because you've got a little piece of paper that's got Aston Villa's contract offer on it why wouldn't you do that but I don't think this is a good move for his career I don't think it's a uh, I don't think it's a good move for his taste. It's appalling taste to go from uh, being a starter at Arsenal to, to going to Aston Villa. I, I just don't see the logic in it. And I, I'm hoping that the reason that he's using Aston Villa is it's, it's, not, it's not a threat. Chelsea's, Chelsea's a threat. Liverpool is a threat. I mean, if he could, if he could even get a move to, the, to those clubs at the moment. So hopefully this, um, this will get resolved quickly because I also don't want to come out of this summer and he, he hasn't signed a deal. Yeah, And we spend the whole year with the sort of Aaron Ramsey, Theo Walcott effect, where the first question that Arteta gets asked at every single press conference is, is he staying or is he going? It's too boring. We need to get this deal tied down. If we can get Flo Balogun to sign up for five years, I'm pretty sure that we can get Smith Rowe, who's already getting the minutes, to to put his name to a, a long-term contract.
1: The, the other last final subtext to a potential, you know, the significance of it being Aston Villa as well, is... Last season, they got our best keeper for a very, very cheap pr- price. And that would be, you know, f- extremely bad PR for Arteta that he seems to be selling, you know, not chump, chump change players. You know, these are significant players in our squad. Everyone knew that Martinez was our best. Well, most people did, that our, our best goalkeeper last year. And we're all like, OK, maybe someone knows something we don't. Well, no, actually, we knew best because he was excellent last year and Leno was decent but nowhere near as good as Martinez I think we all know we got the raw end of the deal with that one so if we were to sell another seriously integral piece of our current playing squad I don't think you can spin it I I don't I just don't find I I don't see how you could find positive spin for it for a team that is very much on our coattails in the league.
0: Arsenal need to get some of that alpha bully billionaire spirit going. Don't let Aston Villa, us. It's humiliating. It would be humiliating if it went through. You cannot stop clubs being interested in your players. Uh, You you can stop other clubs buying your best players. And I think um, the Martinez reference is probably why they're so encouraged right now. Uh, So moving on to the next uh, subject. where are the signings? Look where? at that. Wow, look a bit at of, that, Cairo!
1: razzle-dazzle, Aww. guys. Welcome to the show. Tw-
0: Twitch is going <laughs> wild. Uh, <laughs> so the question that I keep on getting in the, in the DMs is, where are the signings? Where are the signings? Where are the signings? Arsenal fans don't want excuses next season. I don't want to hear Mikel Arteta got all of his players at the end of the transfer window, and that's why we lost 13 games on the bounce. I want to see players in the squad early, I think we've got a game against Hibs next week. Still no players in the system. We're, we're down to one goalkeeper. Um, is there cause for concern that there are no signings or is it just a slow market? What do you think, Johnny?
1: <clears throat> well, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I'm I'm certainly going to be giving my opinion on this. But in so many ways, I've been excited to hear what your take on this is because, you know, <laughs> I I certainly came into this summer being like, alarm bells are more than ringing here. I thought he should have been sacked last year. Um, and and of course, if, this is not all on Arteta. I think if Arteta was out the door by Christmas, as I think there's a good chance he might be the way things are going, Edu certainly should be handcuffed to the guy. He needs to go straight out the door as well, because the at any level of management right now, the lack of signings within Arsenal... Um, should be alarming. Like, surely there are people that understand that even if it's just down to the PR level, exactly the kind of things that you were mentioning, like fan morale, surely they must know that they've got to try and get business done early. And of course you can't sign all your players on day one. We get that. But you can't be telling me, you know, like you said, we've got our first pre-season friendly in a week. And who have we got? We've got some geezer who snogs a dog and we don't even know if he got over <laughs> over the line yet. That's you know, and he at best is a backup left back. Again, ain't got a problem largely with the signing outside of the weird video. But the simple facts of the matter are: where are the significant players? Because now we're starting to see significant players either be shown the door, or you know, via loans, whatever you want to say, or and going out for extremely cheap, disgraceful, derisory fees, and we're not being given a clear enough, clear enough assurances that there's a plan in all this, that these people are being replaced adequately. I mean, I understand that sometimes when you are wanting to, uh, we've done it in the past where you've got a number of players, but you don't want to show your hand almost in terms of how much you're willing to spend, the kinds of players you're bringing in, some of the players you're going out because it may inflate the fee further down the line. But I mean, some of this is starting to get really, really, it's bizarre. You know we are going far, further and further into it. So far, from the from the general reports, people did believe different different things. But ultimately, this season has seen uh, Brendia refuse us and go to Aston Villa. We've seen our go- backup goalkeeper who shouldn't even get a game over Hackney Marshes. Disgraceful! Be tough, tucked off to a Turkish team that I don't think there was a fee involved. Bad boy's on loan. That's been continued for another series. Gwendoosie out. I, I don't even want to call Saliba a bad boy because, you know, weird videos aside, um, he, he deserves a chance. It's, it's absolutely shocking, but we'll, we'll get back We will that come shortly. on to that. We'll yeah, we come we on will. to Saliba game. But, you know, right now, I, I, I do, do you know, do you, and I'll just end on this, do you know when in some of those tough years under Wenger where we, we just weren't, replacing players adequately. We weren't moving in the transfer market in an astute way or a strong way to justify the you know, to, in line with the profile of the club. And sometimes he used to go, oh, when I leave, I'll write a book and I'll tell you all of this, mm-hmm. tell you all of what was going on. Part of it was because, you know, you'd imagine that Wenger was like, if there was a hindrance to him signing things, he's like, you're knocking my legacy now. You're knocking, people are questioning me. and I And I bring that up to say this. Surely, if Arteta has any kind of self, basically, if he can self-appraise himself based off of last year and what he thinks fan sentiment will be, he must surely know he's got to get the fans on side with his performance. And this transfer window has been an absolute disaster up until this point. And surely, he must feel that pressure to change things more than anyone, because of course, it's going to reflect on him, as I think it should.
0: Yeah, I, I, there are there are a few there are a few factors that are going into a slow transfer window. I suspect. Firstly, the Euros makes it slow for everybody. Nobody's nobody's really moving in or out, apart from a few massive signings. And generally, the pattern of a transfer window is a few big signings at the top uh, start to filter down to other clubs, like the the Hakimi. Um, signing at PSG, that's 80 million euros going in the pocket of Inter Milan. Inter Milan are uh, rumoured to have agreed personal terms with Hector Bellerin for a loan, and potentially they're interested in signing Willian for a season. And I, I'm, I, I, am, I am game for that. So I think there are there are a couple of uh, additional realities that we have to accept. Arsenal are not uh, a club that knocks on the door now and you immediately sign up to, right? If you're uh, if you're Locatelli and Arsenal put 40 million on the table, but you know Juventus uh, are waiting there. You're going to wait for Juventus. Ben White is rumoured to to want to move to Arsenal, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that we're going to get him, but then Chelsea come knocking. That's uh, an, an, an additional consideration. Chelsea, uh, the European champions, Thomas Tuchel is an incredible manager that has proven himself time and time again. It makes things more complicated. I, the And... I think one of the things that we used to do under Arsene Wenger that was deeply frustrating is there was a transfer target, and if we didn't get the transfer target, nothing else would happen. And I, m- my worry is that maybe Arsenal got a little bit caught up in that last season. Hossam didn't didn't drop until the end of the window, so we just didn't sign a creative player, and then we suffered tremendously in the first three months of the season. My hope is that you know if if, if Ben White doesn't happen, who's next? move for them quickly. And if Ben White is dragging out longer than two weeks, then you've got to make a decision because we can't roll with the centre-back situation that we've got at the moment into next season. Uh, Martin Erdegaard, like I hope that we're not hanging on to see if Madrid changed their mind at the end of the transfer window because we've got a feeling. um, If Erdegaard doesn't work out, who are you going to sign? And I think the Brendia transfer, I don't think it was because Brendia didn't want to come to Arsenal. I think because there was something obviously wrong with the fee or the structure of the deal or who was involved, but you've, you've had plenty of time and the thing that's frustrating, and I know that it's only media, uh, media things in, in a negotiation for a house, you say, I will offer 100,000 for that house. They say, no. So I will offer 110,000. They say no, you go back again. You don't spend three weeks uh, coming back with the third bid. Why is this? Why is it? Why does it take so long? And obviously, it would be nice to have a technical director on this to explain how transfer negotiations work. But everything feels a little bit sluggish, but we cannot afford a sluggish season. We're going to lose most of our midfield. Uh, We've lost our best centre back. We're potentially losing all three of our goalkeepers in one swoop. Uh, and a, a long preseason is what's needed to bed people in get them up to speed with the ideas get them used to their new surroundings get them used to living in a in a country like England post pandemic so i'm uh, i'm i'm not massively concerned but i do think part of the slowness is that we've driven our reputation into the ground a little bit over the last few years and because we don't have european football we're not a key consideration you know we have to work a little bit harder to get signings
1: well, you know, I kind of agree with that. But the issue is is we potentially come to different conclusions because I do think that our stock has fallen. There's no question it has in, in um, European football. Of course, we, we're not the same draw as we used to be. And that's partly due to our reduced level of playing staff. We've not got as good of players. So it's not like when you had Thierry Henry and it's like, anyone want to come and play with this geezer? Yeah, you do. You know what I mean? Now it's like, anyone want to kick a ball around with Willian? No, I don't think his son even wants to do that. The fact is, he's, he's you know players like that they're, they're not a draw on their own. And whether you whether you or anyone else likes it or not, I don't think that Arteta is a draw as a coach. I think that he's everyone will know that his tenure at Arsenal is still up for debate. he's still up for grabs. I, I think a, a bad run could see him out the club. And you know if that's the, if we do go on a bad run, he absolutely will deserve the. uh the elbow but the the fact is is when you talk about um you know someone like a ben white we've come in for him now i didn't i didn't start this transfer window saying we got to get ben white we got to get ben white you know I, I i think i always thought he was a decent player if unspectacular having heard about him as a potential target i looked a bit further into him and he does look like a good prospect i think 50 million is over the odds for that but ultimately Due to our uh, our stock falling, we are going to have to pay a little bit above a premium because Brighton are looking at it going. Hold up, you're not. You know, you're not just going to put your transfer request in and Ben White's going to go on strike until he gets to Arsenal. Like we're all in the same kind of pot now. This is the the fact is is if you want to throw your weight around as a bigger club, you have to do it with coin uh, at this stage because we can't do it with success. We can't unsettle him in the same way, but. The fact that we take so long to get these bids done are the reason why Chelsea come in four weeks later as European champions, going, oh, actually, we might have him because our original plan has not worked out. This lack of efficiency in the transfer market has hurt us for, for, I mean, it's a decade now at least. We've been doing this certainly into the Wenger era where you would hear a uh, target, whether everyone knew it before the transfer window started or we our targets get revealed as we go and we hear who we're after and yet we just can't seem to get these deals over the line like it's sometimes and we know because of the shocking tales from the likes of Wenger when it was a case of shabby Alonso pay an extra two million pound and you can have him and we can't do it some of our dealings with Suarez even though I'm pleased we never got him in the end um you know the all, the fact is, is that we move poorly in the transfer window and a Pepe sign-in for £72 million, And we're not. We're, this is not a review on how that's worked out, but in general, that aside, we always seem to be lazy to get our fees out. I mean, Aubameyang and Laka were considerable fees and that got done, but in general, we seem to be so slow-moving. And the other transfer targets which I have a real issue with, not just the Ben Whites for considerable fees... You can talk about Ben White might be unsettled now by Chelsea interest, but what about Lekonga? Just go and get it done. If that's the geezer you want, he is not some, you know, one A1 European transfer target. All the big boys are coming in, clearly. Otherwise, we'd know about it by now. Why is that deal not done by now? There just seems to be so much indecision about almost everything we do. And the only things that seem to be decisive are where we're getting rid of our players, some of them who surely are worth, you know, considerable or better fees than what we're getting. And they're just being ushered out the back door with without a whimper. It, it's got to concern me at this stage, and it should concern everyone.
0: Right. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next topic. And um, I know that this is uh, the, the hottest topic in the world that shouldn't be. We're going to talk about Salibagate. Again, every week, a player that's never played a minute of competitive football for Arsenal and we're talking about Saliba again and people are getting upset and it's going on and on and on. But David Ornstein came out earlier in the week and said Saliba is going on loan to Marseille. The internet erupted in floods of tears. Um where are we on Saliba? Because the latest story today coming out of the French media, which has been absolutely diabolical on this, is that uh, Sampaoli actually prefers a Brazilian defender who's 26 year- years old. He prefers target experience. So the Marseille move might not be on. Johnny, uh, let's, let, top line, what do you think about Saliba and the, the latest rumblings this week?
1: It's an absolute disgrace. I'm, this this situation is really really doing something to me i I think there's going to be like a vein developing in my head that just starts like pulsating because i i I am one of the guys who has the arguments on twitter over Saliba, and i'm happy to have them because i understand when people come at me with reasoned arguments for why they're not you know, not too worried. I do get it. Like, It's not to say that I don't agree with these people, but if you can come up with a reasoned argument and not just be, you don't know what you're talking about. He, he were not that impressive on loan and all of this nonsense. The fact is, is that I don't know how we can end up signing a player for that amount of money with, as far as I'm concerned, that level of that stealing he has the potential to be a great player. I'm not saying he definitely will, but he has the potential. How we can? We're moving like a club that have no defensive issues. That's how we're moving. If you can take someone in and not even give him a look, then you're, you're basically saying we we just don't need that. Or and better yet, we've snapped up Ben White and he's going to be playing. Or you know, but you're talking about someone like a Rob Holding, and this isn't to detract away from the season Rob Holdings had, but. We can improve on Rob Holding. Let's be very, very clear. Rob Holding was solid enough, and he will, you know, Colossus on X-Men style, run through a wall for you. He will do that. But if you want to give the ball into his feet, you can definitely, definitely include on Rob Holding. with a lot of players. I wouldn't say he's particularly proficient technically at all. Um, And so, as I've said previously on the pod, when you're going to get rid of your best ball-playing centre-half, there is a hole there, a gaping hole. And the fact that we're not even getting a look at this guy, and people keep going, oh, what's wrong with putting him out on loan? If I was Saliba and I'm 20 years, and again he's 20 years old, he's still got a couple of years. If you come in, your first thing, though pre arranged, is to go out on loan. Then you come to your club, you're ready to roll, you've had some personal issues, you're feeling down, but you want to crack on at Arsenal. You basically get told by the manager, no, not good enough, getting left out of squads. Not even, not even given us sh- left out when there's other geezers like Eddie and Ketia and stuff still getting games. Like, what is wrong with you, Arteta? I don't get it, mate. And to go from getting left out of squads to be packed on loan again, okay? Geezer's getting nominated for. French team league and team of the year. It's not that he will necessarily get into that. I haven't checked it recently, but he was nominated in six months. He can't he can't be he can't have been that wank that the every the, the way everyone everyone's talking about. He just can't have been. He simply can't be. So for me, I think he's done a minimum to have a look at him in pre-season. Hibernian next week. you know, this guy needs game time, he's not gonna struggle against Hibernian. But yet to see him ushered out the back door, I think he'd have every right to say, "Do you know what? I went to Arsenal, it didn't work out. There was a guy in charge who was throwing his weight around. Is not doling out the um, the discipline equally. And quite frankly, I'm I, I'm going to look for a move elsewhere because I don't see my future at Arsenal."
0: See, I, I think the, I think that he's in a good position, Saliba. I don't I, so, I don't think that. Any manager in what, let's just look at the stats in the top five leagues in Europe, only four defenders played more than a thousand minutes last season, which is not a lot. And when you're 20 years old, minutes um, helps you build muscle memory. Um, it helps you develop your game. And if you're out on loan, you can make your mistakes on another team's dime. So I think sending them out on loan versus Letting him rot on the bench like an Eddie, like a Reese, makes sense. He, like if if we're gonna call Arteta a rookie manager, and he goes against the grain and puts a twenty-year-old centre back at the heart of our defence next season, and it goes to shit, there will be no forgiveness in the system. Absolutely none. It would be a rookie mistake, and it's his fault. He should have assessed talent better. So if we're gonna send him out on loan. And there's an opportunity for instead of getting 500 minutes, like not, not even most teenagers get, most teenagers don't get 500 minutes in Premier League teams, statistically anyway, I think only 10 did. Then send him out on loan so he can get 3,500 minutes. And then he's one of the most experienced young defenders. And then he comes back into a side next season and he can hit the ground running. The thing that absolutely baffles me is he's living in a comfort zone Right, He's gone back to France. He doesn't know the language. He doesn't know the culture of England. He hasn't played at the at the level for, that you need him to, to know whether he's any good. Uh, if Newcastle uh interested, Steve Bruce, good defender back in the day. Newcastle, uh, 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 an area that loves exciting, flair-driven footballers. They would absolutely love William Saliba. Go into a town where the football club is literally at the heart of it would be a massively um, great experience for him. Go to Southampton, play under Ralph Hassenhuttle, fantastic manager, like extremely tactical, um, good. Like a, a, used to have a very good defensive record when he was in Germany, but to Potter off back to France, what does that say about you as a player? What does that say about your ambition, your dedication? Like one of the the weaknesses in Saliba's game is that he, that he lacks intensity as, as a defender. And one of Arsenal's defensive weaknesses is we're quite, it's quite a passive defence. Uh, there's not a lot of pressure. I just don't understand. I mean, I understand that working under Sampaoli is a, is a gift because he's a very technical manager. But in, in the French League, I mean, Nicolas Anelka just wrote a letter to Mbappe saying, basically, if you want to be the best, go and play for Madrid go and play for Manchester City go and play where it's competitive week in week out i can't understand why you just wouldn't take that opportunity go and have an adventure somewhere else it's almost like unai emery's comfort blanket but the football version
1: so so this is interesting because you're not the person first person to uh, to come out with this kind of party line on saliba and, and what i just my question is why are we putting the onus on a 20 year old who has moved to a new country to a new club and there was an, a new rookie manager in there who is essentially de- deciding his fate. And why are we, you know, you're throwing around clubs there, Southamptons, Newcastles and that, like, they were all on the table. We know that. And he turned them all down. Like, we don't know that. Uh, no, no, fact- I
0: know. I, Johnny, I have to step in there. I'm so, <laughs> I don't have this 100%. I know that the way that Arsenal work is they create a list of clubs that you can go out on loan to. And I'm pretty sure that the, the reason that they do it is it's like, I think it's like a part of an HR thing. I don't think you can force a player to go and live in Newcastle. I think it's like, a it's why swap deals really work because if a player doesn't want to go, they're not going to go. Like you have to be comfortable with the club that you're going to. Yeah. So I think you give the player choice so that they can make the decision with their agent. So I don't think that that's, uh, you know, Arsenal making a mistake. I think
1: that's standard fare across Europe. No, but what I mean is, is first of all, it, it, the inflection of what your point was, was that why would he choose to go to Marseille when he could have gone to the Prem? And that is an indictment on Saliba and his character, when in reality, for me, I think, if anything, it's an indictment on Arteta. And the lack of plan that he has showed Saliba, uh, the fact that he has sold him the dream that he is a part of the, of the future of Arsenal and this is why we need you to go and loan to Newcastle. This is where I want you. That Maybe it's a 6 month loan because by the back end of the season, you know, I'm going to need you. But the idea of a loan in general when he's going back out to league and again we know we know he can play there. We know he does well there. He's getting better as well as far as I can see. Um but it's not helping him being battle-tested in the Premier League and English football. So I would have, even though I wouldn't, still wouldn't like it because considering David Luiz has left and he's our most technical uh, defender, I just don't see where the confidence can come from that we have better options away from Saliba. So that would kind of bother me. But I would have more time for the loan option if he was moving within the Premier League. And outside of that, why is he not getting, you know, we talk about, we're out of more competitions. He couldn't even get in the Europa League squad last year, which was embarrassing, when we're Agreed. playing Dun Agreed. Dundalk and people like that. I mean, you know, what's going on there? But surely he's playing the Carling Cup. We don't even know how much he's going to play at Marseille or at someone like that. So this just seems like this is a club issue rather than a player issue. Uh, you know, it it just all is so weird, the way that they're controlling and... um manipulating this situation. I think it, it just screams alarm bells for me with the handling of this situation.
0: Uh, it would scream alarm bells for me if the best clubs in Europe were sniffing out incompetence at Arsenal. Right? the Aston Villa... Emile smith row. Aston Villa look like they're sniffing out incompetence at Arsenal and they're like, we will have this player off you because he's got 2 years left to go on his deal. It is telling that we're not having the same thing going on with William Saliba and I genuinely think there is uh Arsenal fans correlate high price with high talent and I think as we've seen with Matteo Guendozzi go you can you can f- look at the 45 million pound that he was worth for the 70 million pound that he was worth but if the market says I don't agree then that's the, the reality. And I think that if William Saliba was at the level where he could slip in to an Arsenal defence and hold his own, then the loan move wouldn't be Newcastle. M- maybe it'd be Everton. Maybe it'd be West Ham for a season. But it's not. And if that's not the case, it doesn't mean that he's not going to get better. But my the, the, the thing that just really grinds me is Joe Willock went to Newcastle and he's gone from being a £5 million player to potentially a thirty million pound player, he absolutely tore it up. It was a fantastic move. I don't understand why Saliba isn't like I want. A, I want a bit of what Joe's got. I'm going to get game time. Um, I'm going to get a really good experience, and I'm going to live in a city that respects my talent. And also, just why his agents should be saying, William, if you are playing for Southampton or Newcastle, and you're putting in performances like you did uh, in your in your last loan move the first question is going to be, are you going to bring Saliba back for Arteta? Because the British press are going to be all over you. But he hasn't. He's gone back to France. and No one's going to ask questions about Saliba next season because the English press won't give a shit. So I think the, from a, a PR perspective, he's made a bad decision. I think from a career development perspective, it's an even worse decision. And I agree, we should have had him playing in the Europa League last season, but he's got the opportunity to change his future now. And 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 he's, I think he's putting himself in the wrong shop window.
1: Yeah, well, maybe he is, though. Maybe he's put, you know, and that might be the wrong one for Arsenal, but maybe he's been treated in a way where he's like, Do you know what, I'm not sure my future is going to be at the club anymore. And we, at times, at Arsenal, some Arsenal fans anyway, need to get over ourselves. Like the idea that William Saliba's at Arsenal when he's got a, you know, he's going to be devastated if it doesn't work at life. He's probably already got over that because he's been treated really poorly as far as I'm concerned. And he's probably like, I'm a top player. I'm going to make it. Whether it, it ain't at Arsenal, I'll go back to France, do a couple of good years and get a, a big move elsewhere. But the fact is, is why this is such an issue. This is not like Saliba's had 25 games and he's not convinced anyone. And then, you know, some play, some fans like him, some don't. We've not seen the guy play. It's unacceptable. It doesn't matter whether he's at 27 million. It's not just about, you know, whether he's worth that or not. It's a considerable fee because he's a considerable talent. Whether that means that he's a surefire success, it doesn't. I'm not i am not even suggesting, but we can't possibly know that without giving him a chance. And I think it's just obscene that we don't get to see this guy play for Arsenal. All right, that's... Uh... Some pretty strong words there. Some pretty strong words. The
0: passion for William. So they, I, I just hope that when he does come back to Arsenal, because I'm sure he will. I hope he's fucking good. Because it's gonna be a lot of disappointed people <laughs> when he's bumming around out of fence like peak peak Philippe Cinderos. Um, let's I think we'll go, we'll move on to the the next topic, which was heated, but now is not heated. Mateo yeah. Guendozi. The bad boy of French football. Uh, had two stand-up fights with Arteta in Dubai. I've heard from multiple sources that he is deeply unpleasant behind the scenes. And then he took the apology loan to her to Berlin. Fuck that up. And <laughs> now he's got uh, an audience of one when it comes to clubs that want to buy him. And that club doesn't even have any money. So... Um, what what do you make of the Mateo, the the whole Mateo story? Like, what's uh, what's your take on it? And what should he do to get himself back in the good
1: graces of the Europeans' elite? Um, See, the thing about Guendouzi is, I have more sympathy for Arsenal and Arteta for that matter around Guendouzi because I do think he's a real talent. I do think that he, when he played well for us, you could see flashes of, you know, a top quality player. I, I think, I'm not suggesting he ever got got to that level or would get to that level, but he reminded me of a French Perlot. Some of his range of per, passing oh. was excellent. Oh, very no, much so. You know,
0: good move with him.
1: I, I really, I think that when Guendouzi came in, he showed um, a bravery, uh, technical um, proficiency. His range of passing was excellent. I thought he... Tackled well, certainly better than Xhaka. Um, He was a little bit quicker than Xhaka, but then again, most people are. Um, me, you know, they, me and you
0: are quicker than Xhaka, let's exactly be honest. Exactly,
1: after a sprained ankle. So, yeah. um, that you know, n- not too many flowers for that. But on the same note, I do think he, he is. But I'm willing to accept that there have been things that have gone on behind the scenes at Arsenal with regards to Doozy, and it may have got to the stage now, it's, it would certainly seem like it has, where the position was untenable at the end of the day. Too much has gone on. There, there becomes a time at a club where there is just too much water under the bridge and it's just no longer going to work out, even when people say their apologies and, you know, can we, can we turn a corner? After a while, it's like, no, it's just not going to work. But what is causing me such ire... Around this situation is the the lack of fee again, and I know that I know your angle already, Pete. Before you even say it, you are going to be like, "Well, it's the players' fault." He's in the there. market, He's, yeah. It's the market. I don't want to know. But other clubs don't move like we do. We get jacked. We are we are the kids getting rolled over for their lunch in the in the playground right now. Do you know what we used to be? A bit of a bully, or had the potential to. And then one day we maybe pushed a little kid and that kid just swung a flailing arm out and knocked a spark out. Now, all the other kids just don't respect us anymore. They're all putting their shots in. And they know that when players leave Arsenal, at the moment, it's not even for a fee. It's lo- The way this deal is apparently structured is it's gross. It actually makes a bit of vomit come up. You're talking about a loan with an option to buy of a club with no money for a guy who... I, I appreciate his value has gone down due to the way things have gone out, but 50, 60 million in that first year he came to us. He was playing for France. He'd broken through there. He was looking excellent for us playing at different levels of European competition, premier league. And for that to have changed in three months, because of three years, sorry, due to a row with Arteta to the point where we can't even get a bag of chips for him. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. It, the, the, I'm not necessarily laying this at Arteta's store, by the way, but Edu, I mean, if there's a more damning indictment, you can't get cash for this man. What is going on? Shake some clubs. Do you know what? People talk about Raoul Senlehi, and yes, there was some shadiness going on, but you know Raúl would bit have a... be, Yeah, there was a bit <laughs> Some of a, shade going yeah, on. Just a little. Um, yeah. You know he would have got the, got the um, puppet master strings out, and... Um, some club would have been breaking their transfer record for him. Some like you know, fringe Turkish outfit or something like that. You know, have hobbled together eighteen million pound or something, and you know, we're taking it. Not deals where it's loans; they get options to buy. It's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. It is so weird how we get had up for players leaving our club, and then when we want to buy someone and bring them into the club, we're paying top whack.
0: Yeah, my take on Guedosi would be more if no one wants to buy him, then you you got to accept the worst bid in the room, right? You know, you put something up on eBay, you can't complain that the world doesn't understand your amazing product if no one wants it. And I think that that's, you know, Guendouzi had a soiled reputation before he came to Arsenal. And I think if you can't rein in your emotions uh, under three managers, like uh, Unai Emery had problems with Guendouzi as well, which is why he didn't buy him despite the very public brown nosing that he did, uh, the Gwendoza did of uh, of Emery. So I think it's just the case of, uh, you know, the modern game does not tolerate dickheads. You know, there's, there aren't many Mario Balotelis in the world these days. And when m- money is limited, you've got to de-risk who you sign and culture is important at football clubs. Um, Matteo hasn't learned that. And I, I think the thing that really killed him, because sometimes you can just say, well, you know, it's a clash of personality. I think going to her to Berlin and having a row with the best player coming out of the tunnel, diving in your own box, having the manager come out and say, it's like having an animal uh, training. <laughs> I mean, it, like you can't, you can't get worse coverage you can't get worse coverage so but the thing that gets me is it's like well, if 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 Marseille can't afford him then you don't get the right to buy him at the end of the season if if he has an amazing season at Marseille and they get into the Champions League then why wouldn't he be worth more than Hossam Aouar this is a center midfielder and despite me not being a massive fan of him Kwendzi did play 33 games when we finished 5th mm. for like a 19 year old that's really impressive so there, there are always opportunities to turn around. And if it's it's a little bit like the Mavropanos deal. If it's you can buy him for 10 million, but we're putting a 50% clause in his deal so that if he gets sold, we're gonna make more money in the future than I can understand. But at the moment, it just feels like we're just letting go of players, and anybody that knocks on the door can say, Well, we've got two million, how's that sound? And we just say, Yeah, okay, we'll take it in.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it it's alarming. It is, and I do I do get what you're saying there you know and if the deal is you know if there's a massive uplift on any um transfer deal with Gwen Doozy with that option but i don't think it is from what i'm hearing i think it's quite a small a small fee again that might be misreported but i think around 10 million i heard as a potential buy at the end of the year and granted it's going to take him off our wages wage bill for a year but you know, you, you you mentioned the eBay analogy. Sometimes you might have something you put up on eBay, right? Something that you're like, oh, I'm not really using it anymore. I'll try and sell it. And then if it's something that means something to you or whatever, and you're thinking I'll get 50 quid for that, and all that comes in is a 50p bid, you might say, do you know what? I'm not even selling it. That's derisory. And I'm going to try and get some utility out of it again. And all I would say on Gwendoosie is, yes, you know, the bridges may be burned, as I said, but he has had a little uh, child recently. Um, and who knows? Like, he, we know he has talent. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced he has talent. I think he's one of the best players that we have at the club that's out, you know, trying to prove themselves at the moment. Certainly on paper, I'd see him as a more talented footballer than Joe Willock, for instance. I agree, but, yeah. You know, but maybe that having a, a, becoming a dad you know, having your career staring down the barrel, it it might grow him up. And if you're going to end up with, like, just such a nominal fee, then maybe it isn't worth giving him one more go. Um, And at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, that loan for a £10 uplift is not going anywhere. I'm sure you'll get it off someone because it's not very good.
0: Johnny, would you have Matteo Guendozi on your How's Your Father podcast?
1: (laughs) I'd love, I'd love old Matteo to come on the How's Your Father podcast. And... Take this as an invitation, Matteo. We know you listen to the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. We know you're there chomping at the bit to get involved. Come on there, how's your father? Uh, and make a plea to the powers that be at Arsenal saying that you have turned the corner. Like, fatherhood has been a, a joyous um, kind of intervention in most of our lives for the good. Um, you can You can sell that as your party line and hopefully get a future back at Arsenal.
0: And we have 71 people watching our Twitch right now, and I have done lots oi, of oi. Do you, uh, that. Listen, first one, thank you for tuning into this. It's very exciting. It's hard to get people to watch live, so we appreciate your time. We're going to do questions at the end of the show, so if you want to drop some questions in there, we'll make sure that we answer them because we're heading into our final topic now because we're approaching uh, the hour mark. Johnny, there's a goalkeeping crisis brewing at Arsenal. <laughs> there is a goalkeeping crisis. Uh Burnt Leno wants out. Nobody likes the goalkeeping coach. Matt Ryan has gone to Sociedad. Even Runison, the worst goalkeeper we've seen in an Arsenal jersey in 25 years, has fled to Turkey. Uh we don't have any goalkeepers. Hibbs is next week. What what are you what are you thinking about this one?
1: So I know you were suggesting that there's talk of Arthur o- Oconquo being promoted yeah um from the, currently the uh under 23 squad I believe um so I, I I can't say that I have a great knowledge of the guy. Um, highly rated apparently highly rated highly rated I'm not gonna come here and say you know disagree with people who might have more insight. In general I've seen things that like I just saw a couple of minutes of highlights and I don't know. You know the jury's out maybe he's a really good keeper but he doesn't necessarily have the frame and imposing style that maybe a Donorama did when he burst onto the scene at 17 and you think wow this guy's already made you know he looks uh, he's like quite a young tall.
0: he's 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 a lot taller than uh, than Leno I think it's, he he's looks six four six five he he's got Emmy martinez potential
1: for size it's not just it's not just ju- sorry I didn't I, I maybe be uh didn't make myself clear that it's not just about his physicality because he will grow, you know, he's a young boy still um and he's still growing into his physique. But it's more about the, the assuredness when coming in and looking like a keeper. Like, even in the highlights, some of it looked a little bit like, you know, at a lower level because it is a lower level and he's a younger keeper. And when you talk about that guy coming into the Premier League next year in must-win games... I'm, I'm not sure we could countenance that idea when you've got Leno, who is the decent keeper. I like Leno. I think he's okay. I think he's good. I just don't, I think we can improve on him. I think we had a better keeper keeping option than him. But also, you've got inbuilt in Leno certain rickets. You know, in the same way that Xhaka and David Luiz and people like that have brain farts around four times a year. Leno's gonna score an own goal, punch it into his net, give away a penalty. He's going to do something weird. And, you know, um, conversely, there are going to be some games where you can't beat him and he's going to get us the points, or a point at least. So, obviously, he's, as I say, a decent keeper. And I think Leno could absolutely get you over the line in a top four race. I'm not necessarily sure about winning a league. But um, you could not, in any good conscience, go into a season with a keeper like Leno who... Granted, we only saw it once last year, but got sent off at one point, you know. And you imagine a Arthur Conquo getting a getting a little slap on the ass, going, Go on, mate, three good games out of you. We it's absolutely unacceptable. So we are gonna have to get a more secure backup option, someone with ideally with Premier League experience. We don't want to be paying over the odds for someone like a Matt Ryan. But also we certainly shouldn't be breaking the bank for Aaron Ramsdale. I mean, absolutely not, not interested in that level of play but again I keep mentioning it Ariola at Fulham who've gone down he looked like a an able keeper and I don't think you'd have to break the bank for someone like that um melier looks excellent at Leeds as well and he's young I think you might they might you know get a bit heavy on the price I'm not sure we'd be able to get him there's this guy at Aston Villa called Emi Martinez who's really pulling up trees we might want to make an 80 million pound bid for him as well but there are options out there, but I definitely think we're going to have to get involved in the transfer market.
0: Yeah, I'm going backwards and forwards as to whether I think that Burnt Leno leaving is a good or a bad thing because it's kind of like with with all of the fires that you've got in the squad at the moment. If you can just get him a goalkeeping coach that he jibes with, jibes or jibe jibes probably not the right word. Um, I, I think that that would be a priority and then build out uh, players behind him and make you know maybe Burnt Leno goes next season, but also. Burnt Leno's a £35 million goalkeeper. If he's not going to sign a deal this summer, you've got to move him on. Like Raul Signelli said, what, two, three years ago, if a player's got two years left on their deal and they don't sign on, then we sell them. So uh, I would be more comfortable with the Ajax goalkeeper, Anana than I would an Aaron Ramsdale, who looks like a huge, huge risk. You know, sign a goalkeeper with Champions League experience that plays the way that Arsenal want to play but I, i'm I am a I'm, a I'm a little bit worried that that position seems very unsettled. but at the same time we do have to give Arsenal credit where credit is due. Runison was a bad goalkeeper. it was a huge mistake and we moved him on. like you make bad mistakes and that's what happens in football. move him on but like who suggested him? Who made the recommendation? I think that we should be thinking about that a little bit. So some concern in the goalkeeping area, but I do like that there will be a a, a kid coming through as a third-choice goalkeeper next season that's got some promise. And, um, you know, I, I hope that the backup goalkeeper is better than Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan was uh, he was solid, but I think that there was a reason that he lost his place as the Brighton number one.
1: Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. And I would also say that... Um... I, I, I like the Onana signing. I would be interested, but there is, there does come an issue with that. Uh, um, I I I think I'm speaking factually about this that the African Nations Cup will be next year, and Onana will go to that, which would mean that we will have to turn to an enforced leave. You know, where we will have to turn to our backup goalkeeper, and if it is after a Conquo, you know, in, in January February. Like business end months, you know what I mean? Where where those games away at Burnley start rolling up. No, that's not good planning. We, we're going to need something else. So I'll take Anana, but you're damn sure better have someone else coming in with him. And, you know, someone who's just able, at least. When we talk about Runnerson, uh, it's a great subject, Pete. I mean, I guess we are reaching the end, but it's a, it's a fun one, right? Because I put this out on Twitter this week. In terms of Arsenal, like worst Arsenal signings, um, certainly of the modern era. I don't. I'm not sure Renaissance would take it per se, but I think he's up there. I think no, he's not far there. off. Not he's far off. He, oh, he got, easily. He 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 was a kid in the sticks. Like, and, and do you know what? What was so weird? He was the first time we had a keeper, and we've had some shocking keepers. Almuni at Arsenal. Oh my goodness. When when Lucas Fabianski's turned him turned his life around clearly because the one we had. Flappy What he was.
0: They were shooting unsettling. from corners. <laughs> they were shooting from corners. It was, it was so
1: unsettling, wasn't so it? So
0: bad, yeah. But, I but felt so, for him.
1: But when we had Renaissance come through the door, and people without ever seeing him play, you know, Saliba, Mark one, maybe, but um, people like, no, can't ever get a game. They're like seen him in training. No, mate, can't get yeah, a game. It I, was mad. I've never heard that before.
0: I, I got, I got instant leaks that he. <laughs> they were like, he is atrocious. and again, Mikel Arteta, if there is a, if there is a lesson you need to learn. If someone's that bad, don't play them, especially against Manchester City. Shocking. All right. um, Let's move into the final section, which is questions from our live stream on Twitch. Oh my word. Uh, We've got some good ones in here. Um, I think I can show them on the screen. Talent wise, who has a higher ceiling? Saka, Smith Rowe, or Balagan? Johnny, I'll let you answer this one.
1: So I'm going to be straight in with um, Saka on this. Now, I understand some people... First of all, Balogun is still a, quite an unknown quantity. We we just haven't seen enough of him. He needs to be playing top-level um, mat, football matches to get a real appraisal on what we think he might be, his ability. You just cannot translate anything we've seen at you know youth level at Arsenal into what his overall seeding could be. Very rarely can you with a young player. Saka and ESR are now proven on a Premier League standard and a European standard for that matter. But I do, I love what Emile Smith-Rowe can bring with his exciting acceleration and his great technical proficiency. But I do, if there was one reservation I have, he's going to have to start to score more goals. When you look at Saka though, who also I think needs to score more goals, he has more of an ability to take control of a game it, even at England, big, big games this, the last couple of weeks. And he is he's just been the guy. But give it into my feet. I'll run past everyone. Absolutely cause massive damage. And I think people around the country are starting to see what a talent this guy is. So for that reason, I'd absolutely say Saka has the highest ceiling at, out of anyone at Arsenal.
0: I love, I love Smith Rowe deeply. I think that he's extremely exciting. I think he's modern. I think he is a bang-bang player. And he's pure power and pace energy. I think he has a such a modern spin on his game. Now you can tell that he watches certain players and I just love his focus. I love his swagger. I hope he stays. I know that there is a lot of hype about the potential of Flo Balogun as well. I think the club was very, very glad that they signed him to a deal because there were a, uh, a lot of clubs that were interested in him. And I think... If, if he had gone to uh, another league, I think we could have been looking at potentially a sort of Jaden Sancho-like return at some point. So I think all three uh, are going to be exciting players. I hope that we get to see a bit of Balogun this season. I hope he doesn't go out on loan. I think he would be a really good third striker this season because he has something that the other two don't have. He's got explosive power and pace and he's almost the closest to Aguero that we've got in the team you know I I think he's comfortable with his back um um to to goal I think he he can move the ball between the lines and I think he's hungry you know some of those players some players show up and you know that they believe they're at the level you saw it in Smith Row, you saw it in Saka you didn't get it with Reese. You never felt that Reese truly believed that he belonged at the highest level. I think Balagan is a player that believes that he deserves to be at the very top, and I hope that he makes it. All right. Next uh, next question. I'm just putting this next one up from Jungle John because he said a nice thing. Pete and Johnny looking fire. Will the (laughs) audio version still be available in the usual places? Absolutely. You can get it on Spotify, Amazon, Apple Podcasts. Wherever you want it, that podcast will be. Uh, Next question is from... um, Arsenal boy, Adam, when is the madness of the transfer window arriving at Arsenal? Listen, all I can tell you is that Arsenal have money to spend this summer. It wasn't a sell-to-buy situation, kind of like it was until the very end last year. They they want to go big. There's apology tour money. I don't know whether it will be James Madison, but, you know, that that itk that called thomas Partey called madison so i wouldn't be surprised if we went big on a creator and you know it's clear that we're going to go big on on ben wyatt so expect there to be money spent this summer if there is the opportunity to do business it's not a it's not a mistake
1: yeah um to can i there are a couple of funny ones in there and and largely we are quite open to banter aren't we pete i mean it doesn't as long as it's not getting wildly personal um yeah. but Azari in there has said that Pedro looks like a Britpop front band frontman, uh, you know. And I tell you what, mate, you could like if Damon Albarn was like sub sub, like you could roll in, couldn't you? I reckon you could pull that. Off. I'll
0: take that. I mean, it does sort of say that I didn't grow out of uh, the two thousands, and maybe I need to update my look. What else uh, we got in there?
1: And there's another one saying uh, drinking game. Um, take a sh- take a shot every time johnny says something negative which to be honest this is this is and there's others there's other people saying i'm with you johnny so this is the thing i think what we're showing with the podcast and in general around the discussion is arsenal fans are there's a scale isn't there and different people are looking at the current situation some would call it a malaise with regards to our transfer window others would say it's the process. <laughs> and, um, you know, people are on uh, different levels of the scale. And I think that we are just two voices in the ocean, aren't we? And hopefully enough people, you know, en- enough of what we say resonates with different people. But I don't think I'm being that re- negative. I actually think I'm being realistic. But there you go. Listen,
0: Johnny's got a bigger fan club in the LaGrove comments than I do <laughs> these days. I'm going to be ousted. Um, we've got a couple of questions about uh, Lacazette from Callum. I'll put this one up from Scooby. Are we going to keep Lacquer or Sell? Is If he's staying, surely he's getting a new contract. I think that Alex Lacazette would struggle to get 180,000 anywhere in Europe. And I think that he will likely see out the final year of his deal. I don't think there's any benefit in giving him uh, a, a, another year. And I think that if there wasn't I don't even know if there was an offer for him, whether we take it. I thought he was quite integral to certain certain games last season. And say what you want about Lacazette, he puts it in 100% every single time. And he's one of the players that changed their game to suit the new system. And when he was our best striker. Let's be honest. Alex Lacazette was our best striker last season. And I think his experience might come in handy uh, next season. Yeah. Concur. Concur. Uh, And then the final one, uh, Johnny, because you're so negative, I'm going to let you answer this one. Uh, What would be a disappointing summer window? (laughs)
1: Um, If the Premier League started tomorrow? Right now, we've certainly got a very disappointing one. Um, And I think that the reality is, is we don't want to go too much over the Saliba thing. That's disappointed me already. So I'm going to need certain transfers to come in to lighten the load of pressure that i feel with regards to arsenal of remember we've got a very tough start to the season and we are going to have to do very well at that start to the season so ben white i've been charmed by I, again don't really want to pay over the odds but ultimately we've just got to get it done now i don't I, you know i think it's ridiculous that it's taken so long leconga if that's the guy from what i've seen of him he looks like a decent player Get him in, but get him in now. I mean, if you're trying to save 500,000, like it's not worth it. I want this guy moving into Thomas Party's house. I want them two to be best mates. Okay. Everywhere he goes, handcuff them. So they just, they're best mates. They love each other. They get matching tattoos to show that they're bonded for, for the rest of their lives. That's what I want. So in the first game of the season, there's no stranger football going on. It's, we all know what we all know what page we're on and we're hitting the ground running it's one of the most important seasons of the last decade that we start well and if we don't start well we all know the way this season and the club and the manager is going to go so I want personally I want a new striker in I want if it's going to be Ben White okay I wouldn't let Saliba leave but there we go um and I think we need. If, if Bellerin's going to be leaving, we definitely need a quality right back coming into the club. We hundred percent need a goalkeeper, um, you know, to either either be a Leno replacement or someone to be backup for Leno, and um, some kind of coverage on the wings with a good, quick ball carrier.
0: Well, that 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 concludes the that concludes the show. We'll put up the thanks, Kyron. Uh, oh, thank you. yeah. If you were on Twitch and you were part of the first ever live podcast that we've done, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. If you're listening to this on iTunes, get in there and give us a five-star rating and say something nice uh, for once. We've got no time for a two-star or a three-star. <laughs> it's all about the five-star. And on that note, Johnny, we're going to be back next tuesday we're probably going to do another twitch stream because i think that this one went
1: well today yeah yeah i think honestly thanks guys for everyone getting involved like at the end of the day we're trying to um yeah get out so everyone can get involved in what we're doing and the discussion and um we we do thank you guys for tuning in and getting involved and hopefully there'll be even more bums on seats in the twitch community next week
0: Yeah. And any feedback on the Twitch thing, let us know because we're very new to this and we'd really appreciate your insights. So Johnny, I will see you next week. Thank you everybody else for listening. Ciao for now.
1: If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts, ACAST
0: powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hello, I'm Greg Jenner, I'm the host of You're Dead to Me, and we are back for Series 5. Yes, it's the comedy show that takes history seriously. And on this series, get ready to hear about Frederick the Great of Prussia with Stephen Fry,
1: no less. I'm just thrilled at this history lesson. Or learn a fair old amount, that's a pharaoh joke, about ancient Egyptian queen Hatshepsut with Kima Bob.
0: What a vibe. And take a stitch in time as we discuss the Bayer Tapestry with Lou Sanders. Ooh, I'm a gog. Plus we have many other lovely historical subjects where we're joined by top historians. That's your Dead to Me with new episodes every Friday. Johnny, good, isn't it? Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere.
1: Acast.com Sports Social Podcast Network